Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. I'm your host, George Kerr, joined by back fresh from the library, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, how'd studying for them fantasy points go? Uh, I'm all studied up. Um, I can tell you that almost every single week I turn to my fiance and go, in my 10 leagues, I won in two of them. And every week, that is really hard to say. Well, this week in my 10 leagues, I lost in two of them. So this is a much better week. Studying for those fantasy points worked. Um, but man, we got a we got a busy show today. So let's go ahead and keep this thing moving, George. What do we got to expect? Yeah, so today we're going to hit some NFL news and notes. We are going to do my favorite segment, Quotes of the Week. We are going to take a trip on the Week 9 waiver wire. We're going to give some trade advice and buy low, sell high, and preview the Thursday night game between the Eagles and Texans. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at thecouchgms. Join our Discord chat. The link is in the description of the video or podcast you are watching. All right, Tyler, let's just get right into it with NFL news. NFL news, I completely expect this to be one of those podcasts where we record and then five different things happen right after we hit the pot, the stop button. Um, because Mostly because the NFL trade deadline is on Tuesday, November 1st at 4 p.m. So that'd be the day that we release this show. And the only trade we had come through the wire so far is the Baltimore Ravens acquiring linebacker Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. The return was a second and a fifth round pick and another linebacker of lesser quality in return. So let's just start and hit this one. What do you think that this help? How do you think this helps the Ravens? Oh, it's tremendous. Like Roquan Smith is arguably, I said arguably before you start jumping down my throat on <laughs> the comments, arguably the best linebacker in the NFL. He is up there. He is in the conversation. He is one of the best. Um, and, you know, a second and a fifth, I think is, you know, it's really nothing in, in compared to the quality you're getting. And, they don't have to pay him basically anything. They're only paying him like $500,000 or something for the rest of the year. The biggest thing is, are they going to be able to keep him in the off season after this? Um, only time will tell. Um, fantasy wise, Ravens defense improves. So if the matchup is good, there's some extra tackles. There's some extra sacks. So uh, there's a good player to get. 100%. So I think that deals with all the trade news. I'm sure there's going to be more that comes out before the deadline on Tuesday. There's a lot of running back talk going around. Keep an eye on our Twitter where we will keep we will keep you up to date as everything breaks. And then we'll talk, obviously, more on our Friday show. A lot of injury news then coming from this weekend and staying on the topic of the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, Gus Edwards and Mark Andrews all left the Thursday night football game with various injuries. Rashad Bateman, it was uh, said that he will miss a few weeks with his foot injury. Gus Edwards and Mark Andrews are questionable for their week nine Monday night football game. And they have a buy in week 10, which makes me feel like they might keep those guys out to get that like 20 something days rest or whatever it is. Cause they just played on Thursday, long week and then bye week. Yeah. Look, Mark Andrews has been one of the most dominant players in the league and then uh, gets hurt, plays through it and has put up two duds in a row. I, I know the tight end market is tough, but I think Mark Andrews is obviously the biggest player to mention here. Mm -hmm. uh, if Mark Andrews does go this week, I would see if you can find a replacement. He doesn't look like himself right now. After the bye, he should be fine. Play him again then. But until then, I would probably leave him on your bench. And Gus Edwards and Rashad Bateman, hopefully you're not in a league where these guys are that big for your roster where you have to throw them in. So if they do go, just keep them on the bench. I I'd rather wait and see. 
We'll talk more in waivers when it comes to the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens are all over the waiver wire, mostly because of these injuries. But I will say Mark Andrews actually did look pretty good, except for the fact that he played like three snaps and then was out for the rest of the game. So 4.8 points on like three snaps and then just didn't play the rest of the game. What could have been in that Thursday night game? Um, Going to more running back news, Saints running back Mark Ingram sprained his MCL. He is now out for three to four weeks. Obviously not a big fantasy thing here. He was the backup, obviously, to Alvin Kamara. Um, and then Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, sprained his knee. He will likely miss week nine, and they have a bye in week 10. But even yet, he's not the top wide receiving option for the Patriots. Is there any more wide receiver news? Uh, other wide receiver news? I mean, uh, there's one kind of decently big one. I don't know. Um, I don't know if this guy Cooper Cup means anything to you. Um nah. But Cooper Cup also did go down with an ankle injury. Uh, I know Sean McVay was really kicking himself after the game. He said we should have just ran the ball there. The fact that I even had him in there um, is what bothers me. So um, Cup did go down. They said it is a soft tissue injury, um, which is good. It means he avoided anything significant. Um, but, I mean, hey, we got to wait and see. We got to see if he's going to be able to go this week, how long it's going to be. Um Honestly, this is arguably the best player in the NFL, offense or defense. So this is uh, fantasy wise anyway. So if you're going to miss Cooper Cup, that's going to be a huge loss. Get ready to play your backups, though, because we don't know what to expect. And obviously, we're still in the middle of bye weeks and everything. So that's going to be tough. But we'll give you an update on Cooper Cup on our Friday show. Hopefully we hear a lot more news right now. It's leaning. He's going to play, but we have to wait and see before we really give you that that definite answer. Um, and then one more injury news on defense, Bucks linebacker Shaq Barrett, who also might be a top five linebacker in the league. He is out for the season with a torn Achilles he suffered on Thursday night last week. So a tough break for the Bucks and their defense. Absolutely is. Uh, I know I play in an IDP league where I start Shaq Barrett every week because he's that good. So uh, it's a hurt there, but otherwise not a big fantasy impact. So let's go ahead and move on to things that are slightly more well we'll go with the more fun and then we'll go into the slightly more fantasy related so let's get to our george's favorite segment quotes of the week and i think the fun is definitely the outline of this quotes of the week segment i got two pretty fun ones here for us starting off with patrick peterson who obviously played against his former team in the arizona cardinals he is now a minnesota viking um, Harrison Smith, his teammate got an interception. They all ran down to the end zone and did their whole celebration as a defense. Like everyone seems to do these days. And Patrick Peterson was seen putting on a headset, grabbing a controller and playing video games. Post game. He was asked what he was doing. He said, I think it's, I asked, sorry, which video game he was playing in his celebration. He said, I think it's called call of duty. I'm not much of a gamer heard. It just came out. And obviously the reporters quickly caught on to the fact that that was some shade thrown at Kyler Murray, which we've been talking about the whole college of duty releasing Kyler Murray for weeks. What are your thoughts? Tyler? I honestly don't even have any, I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's fun. It's funny. It keeps it, keeps it light, but uh, I don't even know what to say with this one. Yeah. I mean, they, I think reporters did try to keep going like, Oh, so, what, what do you have to say about Kyler Murray and that kind of thing? Cause they knew that there was teasing, but Patrick Peterson basically just left it there. Um, we'll have to just see if there's any kind of retaliation from that. And we'll let you know, but one other fun note, this comes from a referee mid game calling a penalty in the Seahawks game. 
I mentioned Seahawks game. So the penalty was called as this. After the play was over, sideline interference, the coaching staff of the Seattle Mariners. Look, man, I can't really cut up. I can't really be upset with him I, in the middle of football season. I'm not the only one that has baseball on his mind. So, uh, look, it happens. Uh, only thing is, I mean, you know, the Seahawks are so bad. Maybe you wish it was the Mariners because at least they're able to make the playoffs unlike the Seahawks will be. Um, I don't know. It's again, people are going to be calling for Boger's retirement now at this point. They're going to be like, all right, it's time to get him out of there. He's losing it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even actually put on the rundown. There was also in a situation in the Eagles game where they called a really odd penalty on a field on an extra point attempt. Or no, it was sorry, it was a field goal attempt inside the five, and the referee called like the Eagles delay for doing delay of game on the defense for doing something unlike football. I think exactly is how he put it. It was like what words are coming out? Of it? He even laughed in the middle of saying it, so that it just shows how ridiculous it is. <laughs> Oh, such a rare penalty that he didn't even know how to say it. Nope, exactly. But I think that wraps up quotes of the week. And why don't we get back to that fantasy that Tyler was talking about and jump into the week nine waiver wire. So as always, the week nine waiver wire column is posted on thecouchgms.com. You guys can go check it out. We'll probably dive into a couple of these guys, but I'll give you a rundown of who is on the article to give you a little sneak peek. Um, at quarterback, my streaming quarterback of the week is Justin Fields and then running backs kind of dominate this one. I have Isaiah Pacheco, who was named the starter for the Kansas city chiefs and actually lost ownership over his bye week Um, Kenyon Drake's back on this list because the running back carousel in Baltimore continues, uh, for the Rams, Kyron Williams, who is a rookie coming off of injured reserve and their backfield's kind of a mess at the moment. So definitely worth a speculative ad. Uh, Denver running back Latavius Murray, who is kind of just muddying the waters for Melvin Gordon at this point. At wide receiver, I just have Terrence Marshall for Carolina, who may end up being a wide receiver one if DJ Moore gets moved, but he's already moved up the depth chart and started to do something without Robbie Anderson. And then two tight ends. I feel like I can never find tight ends to go on the waiver wire, and we got two this week. One's Evan Ingram, who seems to be the most consistent dartboard tight end at the moment, now three weeks with six targets in a row. And Isaiah Likely, who is the rookie tight end for Baltimore, who would take over for Mark Andrews if Mark Andrews misses a week. What are your thoughts here, Tyler? I would say for Isaiah Likely, again, it's if Mark Andrews yep. misses. If Mark Andrews is active, he's fine. He's going to play. I put Likely, just keep him on the free agency. Um, but if Andrews is ruled out, especially if you know Duvernay is ruled out too, um, then put likely in there. I mean, pick him up. All right. Sorry. Rashad Bateman's out. My bad. Yeah. Mixing yeah. up my Ravens here. If Rashad <laughs> Bateman's out and Mark Andrews are out, you have to pick up likely. Cause he's going to be a top target. The other thing North noting Baltimore plays on Monday night. So like, if you're someone that was relying on Bateman, you might be able to go out and get Duvernay, but you know, Bateman's out already. That's something you could probably find another option. But if, if you're relying on Andrews, don't know if he's going to go, you can add likely. And then if Andrews doesn't go, you have your plug and play option for a Monday night. So that's the other thing to go out there and just handcuff yourself in case. But definitely don't play likely if Andrews goes. Yeah, and the only other one I'll highlight here, because, you know, if you really want more highlights, just go out uh, to couchgms.com. It's all broken down in the article. But one more highlight here is just Isaiah Pacheco. Like George said, I mean, he was named the starter. Now, I know he didn't go out and crush it uh, last game. But, I mean, look, he was named a starter. At this point in the season with the amount of injuries and buys and 
question marks at running back. If somebody's named a starter, even if it's for a bad team, you got to go grab it. And this is for a great team. This is for a team that puts up points like crazy. Yes, there's going to be splitting carries. Yes, there's too many mouths to feed. I get all that. Uh, but it's still a starting running back for a top scoring team in the NFL. He's got to be rostered. Um, but with that said, I wouldn't play him this week against the Titans. Uh, the run defense has been pretty solid. And we want to see how that backfield shapes out before we really start throwing Pacheco into the lineup. But um, definitely pick him up and add him. 100% I'm with you there. And I did write, actually, I feel like more detail in some of these guys than I do usually. So, yeah, go check out thecouchgms.com and see why I would say someone random like Kyron Williams or anything like that. Uh, but we do have a couple extras to throw on here. A bunch of wide receivers. I'll start with the guy I mentioned a little bit already with Devin Duvernay. And it's mostly because you're going to see a little inconsistency out of him. But without Rashad Bateman in the lineup, Devin Duvernay is a touchdown waiting to happen. Like, he's going to have some big weeks and even though he's touchdown dependent, you could definitely do worse with some of these bi-week villains, especially if you're someone that has been relying on Rashad Bateman in like a dynasty or a deep league, like I am actually in some dynasties. So yeah, you could do worse. Yeah. My receiver that I'll mention is Romeo Dobbs uh, for the green Bay Packers. He's 25% owned. Um, Romeo Dobbs had a incredible catch for a touchdown um, in the Sunday night game this past week. And Dobbs has been up and coming for a little while now. The Packers have been struggling. Aaron Rodgers um, needs somebody to rely on. And I will say when Dobbs caught that touchdown, I saw something that I haven't seen yet this season. And that is Aaron Rodgers smiling. It was for the first time this season. That man had a smile on his face. Uh, after Dobbs caught that touchdown. And I, in my head, that means that Rodgers is like, oh, I got someone here. And he's about to start targeting this man a lot. So uh, pick up Dobbs. He should have easier matchups than he did against the Bills uh, coming up. So he's got to be owned, I feel like. I'm with you, just if it's speculative at the least, because we know that him and Alan Lazard have a big connection. Alan Lazard didn't play, obviously gave Dobbs the boost, but he could end up kind of being like, hey, to the coaching staff, I want to use this guy more. And when Aaron Rodgers says that, use it. Just look at what happened with Devontae Adams in his breakout year. Not calling Romeo Dobbs Devontae Adams, but just an example to see how Rodgers does have an effect on how they use their wide receivers. Um, One more wide receiver to add, and you guys are probably going to hate me for keep pounding this name, Rondale Moore, again. Um, And I think a big reason for it is now that they had Robbie Anderson more into their game plan, they were able to move Rondale Moore back to the slot, which is where he really does thrive. He played, I think, two-thirds of his snaps in the slot this week, and you saw he scored a touchdown. He looked a lot more comfortable. He's not a receiver that's going to be able to play on the outside and match up with those bigger corners. Once they can get him in the middle of the field, let him get the ball in his hands and work with it, that is when he's going to be more effective. So I think now that they have that situation again, watch for Rondale Moore to start getting more involved in the offense and be someone who could be a potential matchup-based flex play. And obviously, if you're out there wondering, you know, should I pick up this guy? Should I not pick up this guy? Reach out to us. We can give you a better breakdown. Um, The other half of this is who should I drop? That's even a bigger question. So let us know who you got, who you're thinking about dropping. Uh, final one I will mention here though, before we move on is the Vikings defense. I like to try to throw in one defense, to stream um, every week. And this is my streaming defense of the week. They are 14.7% owned. No, they're not setting the world on fire as a defense, but they are facing the commanders. Um, 
and the commanders played a garbage Colts team and still struggled. Like the commanders are just bad. They're really bad. Heineke's not an MVP. Um, Terry McLaurin's not as good as the media hypes him up to be. Brian Robinson isn't there yet. He's a good running back, but he's not there yet. Um, All around, this offense is struggling. They're struggling to piece it together. So I would pick up any defenses playing against them. And the commanders um, do play the Vikings this week. So Vikings are the defense I would stream. I'm with you there, and I think all the other good matchups are defenses that are more widely owned, but we can help you find some other defenses if you're in need. Go just send us a message or comment on this video or podcast, and we will help you out with your waiver wire. All right. I think we need some trade advice as we get down towards the NFL trade deadline. Fantasy trade deadline still a couple weeks away, but it's never too early to start trading. Why don't we do some buy low, sell high? We'll start with the buy low category. So we're going to try to find some guys here that we think are going to outperform their current value and buy them at a discount. Tyler, why don't you start us off with your buy low candidate? All right. I will say that my buy low candidate is a guy that I am fed up with. um, And I did just post like, please keep this guy on the bench. I know how bad that sounds, but that being said, that means his value is super low right now. And that's Cortland Sutton. Uh, Cortland Sutton, the last three weeks combined, did not break 10 points. Um, it's wow. It, it's bad right now. It's yeah. really bad right now. And I, I blame Russell Wilson. I blame the Broncos in general for looking like garbage. Um, but even though the Broncos haven't proven anything yet, I still feel like they will figure it out enough that they're going to start getting some offense somewhere. Uh, Russell Wilson has looked bad. He doesn't look like a fit in this team, but it's still Russell Wilson. I've never seen this man struggle an entire season. He always bounces back at some point. So I expect him to start figuring something out. Um, and Cortland Sutton was talking to reporters on the sideline. Like I'm about to get mine right here. I'm about to get mine right here. Like he's getting antsy. He wants it. So that fire, that drive and Russell Wilson, hopefully making a turnaround at some point. I feel like, Sutton is just too talented of a player to be a borderline cut. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what he is right now. He's a borderline cut. There's teams out there that are dropping Cortland Sutton like crazy. If he's cut, go pick him up. Otherwise, find that owner that's pissed off and keeping him on the bench now and trade nothing for him. Exactly. And honestly, this might be something you can even carry into next week if you don't get a deal done this week because they are going on to their bye week. But like in the first five weeks, he scored a minimum of 9.2 in a half PPR format. So yeah, these last three weeks, I feel like are an outlier just like you. And I think that's a great way to try to buy an asset for your team going into the stretch run in the fantasy playoffs. Mine is a really high profile guy that's on a team that just got absolutely embarrassed this week by the saints of all teams. And if you don't remember who they played, it was the Las Vegas Raiders, and my target is Devontae Adams. This guy was a borderline first-round pick. You're still going to have to pay up to get the name Devontae Adams, but this dude just put up .7.7. And it's not going to get any worse than this. Like I said, it's the name. You're still going to have to pay a lot, but if you want to go out there and you think your team's pretty good and you need that thing to put you over the edge... Go get Devontae Adams because he is the value pick of maybe even this like three, four week stretch going up to the trade deadline right now. Yeah. And like judge it off of where you're at. Like if you're in a league where, you know, the Devontae Adams owner is like 
has two wins, maybe three wins, and they're like borderline playoffs or starting to fall behind in the playoff hunt, and they're starting to get panicky. You know, they can't afford to have weeks like Devontae Adams just put up. They can't afford to wait for him to turn it back on to where he should be. They might be willing to move him for less than what it is. And it really depends what kind of owner it is, too. There's different types of fantasy players out there. I'm sure we'll have a TikTok about different types of fantasy players mm-hmm. at some point in the future. But there's the two biggest types are the points chasers and the name chasers. There's the guys that are going to go out there and be like, well, this guy is currently ranked in the top 10, top five, whatever. He's averaging this many points per game. That's the guy I want. Then there's other people that are like, yeah, but it's Devontae Adams. Like, I want him. It's Stephon Diggs. It's Cooper Cup. It's, you know, it's those big names. They want that. Um, If you have a guy who is a points chaser and not a name chaser, you might be able to snag Devontae Adams pretty easily. And if you have a guy out there that's a name chaser, and you have Devontae Adams, you could probably flip him for more than he's worth too. So that option's out there as well. It's true. You have to know your league. Maybe this is where it goes down to also like how we talk about Cody is not the greatest trade negotiator because he just throws a random trade out there. Talk to people. See where their thoughts are on things. Say, hey, are you willing to move Devontae Adams? If they say no and they give you a reason that sounds like they're a name chaser, you're not going to get that deal. But if they are a point chaser, they'd be like, yeah, I might be willing to listen. There's your opening to say, yeah, go out there and try to get that big name, that guy that's going to actually perform for you down the stretch. This game was just a, you know, abnormal situation for the Raiders. It's not going to be this way the rest of the season. Let's move on to sell high, though. Maybe some of these guys saw abnormally good weeks. Tyler, who do you have as your sell high? My sell high is a guy that's finally turning it on, finally getting the play he needs. He is turning it on. This is an up and comer. It's Brandon Ayuk. Okay, but, <laughs> but I am really happy as a Brandon Ayuk owner in multiple leagues that he is finally figuring it out. Uh, broken 10, three weeks in a row. Looks like he's really starting to figure it out. But no Debo Samuel this past week. Still only saw six targets. That makes me a little nervous. Debo comes back. He's going to demand targets. He's going to demand usage. And the other big reason why I'm willing to move, move on from Brandon Ayuk is Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is one of the most dynamic running backs who just went to the most run heavy team outside of maybe the Titans. Uh, It's, it's, it's a team that is run, run, run 24 seven. And look, McCaffrey ran a touchdown. He threw a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. They are all in on McCaffrey. So you get McCaffrey and Debo in there. You please tell me where the targets are going to go to Ayuk. How's that happening? Unless McCaffrey's going to keep throwing them, but I just don't see <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> I, I think Ayuk is at his absolute peak right now. I think he's going to start dipping. I still still think he'll be decent, you know, like flex play here or there. Um, and definitely good as long as Debo is out. But right now I would try to move Ayuk at as much, much value as you can. Yes, I agree with you there. Like, it seems too good to be true. I mean, this offense is good, but like you said, there's so many mouths to feed that 24, 11, 17 is definitely not a sustainable outcome for Brandon. Ayuk. He's going to have some of those weeks, but I feel like there's going to be a, a, a lot of fives, maybe a seven mixed in there. He's been overperforming for sure. And this is another one where you can probably go out there and get him in this same price, maybe next week. Cause you're doing a great job of picking these uh, players that are going on to buy next week. So 
Keep this yeah, in the back pocket. My fantasy teams are going to struggle next week. <laughs> and I didn't even mention George Kittle because George Kittle has been the mm-hmm. guy that's been neglected because they have too many mouths to feed. And I don't see a guy like Kittle doing that all season. I feel like Kittle's going to eventually start demanding more targets and start stepping up. Those targets are going to come from somewhere, and I don't see it coming from McCaffrey. So, yeah, I would trade Ayuk. Um, but, George, we have now mentioned three wide receivers out of our three potential trades. Maybe somebody wants to trade something other than a wide receiver. So what are you trying to sell high? Call me bitter. Call me, you know, broast me for my whole rant I had last week when I was on the show with Kempe. My sell high is Kyle Pitts. The amount of profanities that I want to scream at this moment. But it kind of makes sense because as soon as I go ahead and trash Kyle Pitts, he goes off. That's just what happens. But this man is still so inconsistent. And despite scoring a touchdown and having a 16 and a half point week and half PPR, he is still tight end 16. The points, the targets, everything is not there for Kyle Pitts. You can say every single tight end is touchdown dependent, but I'll take a bet that I can go out there and find you four guys on your waiver wire that get touchdowns more consistently than Kyle Pitts do. So, Find your name chaser, find your point chaser. It doesn't really even matter at this point with his name because he's got both at the moment and go sell Kyle Pitts for maybe even one of those like tier two borderline tier three tight ends and another asset for your team and go watch them be frustrated by two points next week with Kyle Pitts. Wow. Someone's definitely better. Um, Yeah, look, I like Kyle Pitts a lot. I will say I'm in a league where I have, what do I even have? I have two really good tight ends. I got like George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson, something like that. And Mm -hmm. somebody actually went and dropped Kyle Pitts when he was struggling. And I've been trying to trade a tight end so hard so I can pick up Kyle Pitts because I don't see a reason in keeping three tight ends. I already don't like keeping two. But at the same time, I do have leagues where I have Kyle Pitts and I am well out of the playoffs because every week I'm getting two. Um, Granted, he's not the only reason, but still. Um, so I see so both sides to it. I feel like there's definitely going to be a team out there that's willing to, um, you know, trade a little bit for Kyle Pitts because they do feel like, okay, he's finally clicking and maybe he is. And that's the risk you take. Like if you go sell Kyle Pitts, he might actually click the rest of the season. It's possible. He also could very well slip back into the form he was before. Um, the Falcons don't trust Mariota to throw enough. So I don't feel like the targets are there. Um, I mean, you can say the same about like Drake London, another like really talented player that just isn't getting the points he needs because they're not willing to throw the ball. Um, but at the same time, the Falcons are currently sitting in first place. I don't know how we're at midseason, and I can say that. I don't know what's happening in the NFL. Uh... But the Falcons are sitting at first place. So at the same time, they're going to have to keep like pushing hard if they want to try to make the playoffs. So there's a chance Pitts takes a step up. I'd say I'm 50-50 on him on whether he'll break out or not. I know that's a cop-out answer, but mm-hmm. he's definitely a guy worth looking at. But look, if you guys are out there, if you got somebody on your team that you're thinking about moving on from, or if you got a trade that you kind of want to make, or maybe somebody sent you a trade and you're like, I don't know what to think of this. Like, let us know. Reach out to us. Um, we will definitely help you with those trades. Um, I absolutely love trading so i am i'll be the first one to pop on that and be like take it or don't take it don't do it uh let us know we want to help you out we want to help you win a championship uh but that is enough for the buy low sell high let's go ahead and move on to our thursday night preview 
Man, we are zooming through this show, but I feel like it's jam-packed with information here. We're covering just as much or more than we usually do um, in this whole 30, about 30 minutes so far. But here we are, Thursday night preview, Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Houston Texans. Definitely not the first time a Philadelphia team and a Houston team are playing against each other this week. Uh, cue Tyler's Philly shirt or in the other side of the screen. There we go. Yes. All right. So I guess this is my time to shine here. I'll just talk Eagles. Um you're starting Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders is still definitely in your lineup. Even if the Eagles decide to trade for a running back, which is actually in the whispers of the trade deadline, it's too short of a week for them to get anybody in there with any kind of volume at this point. I've heard Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah. What? what? I, I honestly don't like that move. I feel like that wouldn't make much sense in the grand scheme of things for the Eagles, but we never know. There's also people like Cam Akers out there. Kareem Hunt has been linked to the Eagles since preseason. Like, there's 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 options that might happen. George, let me talk Eagles by talking Titans because that's the best way I do things. Um, <laughs> we talked last week. Well, George talked last week about it. Might have sounded like a joke saying Henry's going to go for 300 yards, but like it, it sounded like a joke. But Henry almost broke a record because mm-hmm. he ran for over 200 yards again. Derrick Henry has ran for over 200 yards against the Houston Texans in four consecutive matchups. The Texans came into this matchup knowing Ryan Tannehill wasn't going to be there. Malik Willis didn't throw a pass in the second half. And yet Derrick Henry still ended up with 200 yards. Like that's, that's how crazy this is. Like you're telling me you can go up to a team and be like, you're the worst at running. I'm telling you right now, we're going to run the ball. And they still can't stop you. Like, you're flat out like, we're running it, can't stop us. And they didn't. So this is the worst run defense in the league, and they haven't been able to figure anything out. Miles Sanders needs to be in your lineup this week. I know the Eagles have their passing options. I know that Jalen Hurts will probably steal half the rushing touchdowns anyway. But this Texans team is garbage. There's a good chance that the Eagles go up by 35 in the first half and just turn to the run game to kill the clock and end this game. There's a very good chance of that. Miles Sanders needs to be in your lineup. He's going to get points. Don't make the mistake of benching him. 100% with you. Don't overreact to any news that may come out between now and 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Don't overreact to anybody saying, oh, the Eagles are going to beat him at the pass too. Like, Honestly, A.J. Brown in your lineup. Devontae Smith, you can probably play him too because I think he's going to get his. Dallas Goddard's in your lineup. But like, I feel like one of those passing targets might not have a great game. You just don't know which one it's going to be. So that's why you have to play them all in a good matchup. But because the run game might dominate, like Sanders and Hertz could take a lot of those points on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Hertz is definitely turning into one of the most valuable fantasy quarterbacks. I feel like I would still take Josh Allen any day of the week over mm-hmm. Jalen Hertz. But outside of him, like you can make an argument for Jalen Hertz over pretty much anybody um, in fantasy. So he's definitely got to be in your lineup. Houston Texans side of the ball. Oh my <laughs> God. Um, I feel like he he might have a tough time, but Damian Pierce might be the only guy you start in this matchup. Um, like I said, he might have a tough time. He might struggle. You might regret playing him, but if you have a guy like Damian Pierce, you probably don't have much better options behind him. Um, it's going to be an ugly <laughs> game. Look, I am so like... I'm sure you're tired of hearing this rant, but I'm so tired of the Eagles playing nobody. I just want the Eagles to play one half-decent team to see if they're actually good or not. But every week, it's like, 
I got to walk into work and those obnoxious Eagles fans are like, dude, we're still undefeated. Yeah, who'd you play? Who'd you play this week? Like every week. Minnesota's only loss is the only thing on their resume. They can be like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, and primetime Kirk Cousins, like <laughs> us football fans know primetime Kirk Cousins, yeah. but non-football, non-couch GMs don't realize mm-hmm. how stupid he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, I want them to play somebody else good. And I don't think they will this season. So we're going to have to wait for the playoffs. But till then, let's just watch them steamroll over the Texans. And outside of Damian Pierce, George, is there anybody you're starting in this lineup? There's not, but I feel like I have to do the, are we going to think about Brandon Cooks thing? The only thing I think Brandon Cooks has going for him in this case is if the Eagles get up and end up, you know, not putting either Darius Slay or James Bradbury on him, he might get some garbage time points. He's not going to really get a lot when it comes to just the regular scope of the game. And he hasn't been as fantastic as he has in the past. So I'm trying to avoid him in a bad matchup. Um, but there's a chance he ends up being like, oh, a 13 on your bench because of garbage time is my thought. Uh, you bench Brandon Cooks and it's not because of him being bad or because of the matchup or anything. It's because he's going to be traded. I'm That's telling you right true now. too. I think Brandon Cooks will be traded. I don't see any reason the Texans hold on to him. It makes no sense. So I think I think they trade him for whatever they can get out of him, and he will be on a different team this week, and he will not know the playbook enough to be started. So Brandon Cooks on your bench. Um, if and then Nico Collins would be the next guy in that basically role, and you're not touching him, even if he does. Him. He might not play even. So yeah, not touching him. And yeah, so even if he's not traded, I still wouldn't play Brandon Cooks. I feel like there's got to be better options out there. Even if they're risky options, even if it's like a Garrett Wilson who you're like, I don't know if he's good or not, like those types of players. Um I feel like I'd still rather have them than Brandon Cooks. But George, I think that's it for the Thursday night matchup unless you got something else for me. No, I think I'm good to go and that is maybe at record speed what we got for you. Might be one of our fastest shows ever. Maybe that'll even get more viewers, maybe people with short attention spans are willing to listen to this a little more. Uh, did we go too fast? Did we go too slow? Let us know. We want to improve this podcast so that it's better for you. And we want you to reach out with any questions so we can improve your team as well as you helping us improve this podcast. Either way, this podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. Yes, it is Tyler. And thank you all one more time for listening into the couch GM's podcast for Tyler Snyder. I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you all later this week. Boom. Go Phils.